Welcome home. This is Audio EXP for the 27th of February 2021. And the title of this episode is D&D and Magic are more valuable to Hasbro than toys. Have you learnt any real-life skills from playing games? Do you think computer games like Overwatch, which are a frantic rush of enemies and designed with team play in mind, actually teach anything about real-life teamwork? Well, I asked that question at the end of 2020, when there was a copy of the cinematic art of Overwatch to give away, and after about 100 responses, finally written up now, I can tell you that the overwhelming response is, they do. 85% of geeks thought that shooter games helped with real-life teamwork, and 80% of non-geeks did. I'm not at all surprised by the results. Are you? Let's stick with computer games and merge in some tabletop RPGs, as there are two interesting bits of news to discuss this week. Well, I found both interesting, but not everyone did. Let's start where there's agreement. Hasbro's restructure is significant. The toy maker now makes more money from Dungeons and & Dragons and Magic than they do on toys. As a result, well, partially, it's forming three groups within the business. One of those is consumer products, like toys, but that will also include board games. And I'm not sure where Avalon Hell now sits after it was promoted internally and moved out from underneath Wizards of the Coast. The second is on entertainment, and that will be run by E1, the movie maker that Hasbro spent billions on two years ago. That division is making the Dungeons and Dragons movie. I put a pin in that. I want to come back to that story later on. The third is Wizards of the Coast and Digital. The and digital means that in addition to running the money-making D&D and Magic the Gathering, Wizards of the Coast will be responsible for Hasbro's digital ambitions and licenses. Regular listeners of this highlight show will know that I do like to discuss how vital digital is for D&D. Let's not do that discussion again and instead I'll ask a thought starter. Are you ready for it? My question is this. Will the first D&D 6E game be a computer game or a hardback book? Wizards of the Coast did announce a new hardback book this week. It didn't leak, but after Wizards of the Coast ran a digital teaser for it and made it very clear that something Ravenloft was coming, Van Richten's guide to Ravenloft sort of dribbled out as retailers slowly updated their holding pages to eventually include the full book. The second story that overlaps with computer games uh, and tabletop games that hasn't received so much exposure and therefore perhaps I'm overthinking it, is that Fandom has bought Fanatical. Fanatical is a bundle and discount site which specialises in computer games, but you can also get books and comics there. It is a legit site that bulk buys Steam keys and others and passes on some of that discount to customers while pocketing the rest. Fandom makes most of its money, well, it's most well known for running lots of fan wikis for geek culture topics like TV shows and computer games. To begin with, Fanatical will carry on as usual, but Fandom now has retailer technology it can integrate, and I imagine those wikis will now include links and ads for related games. Fandom also runs D&D Beyond. 
they might try and have that, hey, we should sell D&D books for D&D Beyond via fanatical conversation with Wizards of the Coast. But I'm not sure it will be a priority. Or rather, I'm sure it won't be a priority. And I'm not sure how far they'll get. What's more likely is Cortex. Fandom also owned the tabletop system Cortex, used in the Dragon Prince and the forthcoming Legends of Greyskull RPGs. Part of the Cortex Kickstarter was the promise that there will be a Cortex marketplace for third-party creators. You know, a bit like DriveThruRPG and the DMs Guild. That's not speculation. Fandom should be building a site to market and sell Cortex games. And now, Fandom own a site to market and sell games that is much bigger than DriveThruRPG. And that's why I think it's an exciting story. I appreciate it's a bit of speculation and a bit of imagining what a possible future could look like, but I absolutely think it's worth keeping an eye on. I am sure that Wizards of the Coast, now charged with the digital plans for Hasbro, are keeping an eye on this strategic partner and their brand new game site too. Another piece in this landscape are virtual tabletops, which are also marketplaces in their own right. The latest Or Group report gives D&D a 52% share of all campaigns played on Raw20. And across Fantasy Grounds Classic and Fantasy Grounds Unity, D&D has a 71% share. Raw20 hit 8 million users in quarter 4 2020. And when I ran the maths on something other than D&D, that works out to be about 1 million uncategorised games. And those tend to be homebrew. Imagine that. One million people playing homebrew tabletop games on a commercial virtual tabletop during the lockdown. How's that for teamwork? And the virtual tabletop scene is far more competitive than the tabletop hobby they facilitate. Yes, Roll20 is the biggest, but Fantasy Ground continues to press them, and Astral has drive through RPGs backing. And the Pay Once Challenger, Foundry, also got another big boost this week as Free League Publishing announced that the Alien RPG and the Forbidden Land will have modules for it. Now, let's loop back to that other Hasbro, Wizards of the Coast and E1 story I asked you to keep a pin in. You can take that pin out now. Hasbro confirmed to investors that the D&D movie is filming and that they have commissioned writers for several D&D TV shows. Not one, but many. Furthermore, these D&D TV shows will be part of a universe. The implication is that these shows will be linked. You could imagine the Netflix Defender series, or heck, even Star Trek, or Marvel's plans for the Star Wars TV range. That. Hasbro wants to do that with D&D. I think it's a great idea, but, well, good luck. Netflix are spending mega money on the Lord of the Rings TV series, so let's see what they manage to do. Netflix, by the way, are working with Skydance and Production IG on a Terminator anime, just when you thought the screen life of that franchise was well and truly dead. Skydance is the company behind the last two Terminator movies. Make of that what you will. Nightfall Games already have their The Terminator Quick Start out, and there's a Kickstarter coming for the full tabletop RPG. I'm sure they'll be happy with the news. On another bit of related anime news, and one that I just have to share because it's a clangor, Manga UK have instructed people to return their Blu-ray or DVD purchase of Season 3 of High School DXD. 
there's nothing wrong with the discs. So I'm not sure how successful the recall will be. In fact, the problem is an undisclosed issue with the British Board of Film Classification. I cannot confirm, but I have been told that Manga UK, which is now owned by Funimation, should have put an 18 rating on the cover. Well, that's certainly not there. The fan service anime currently has a 15 certificate on those discs. Uh, my hunch, rather than returning those discs, fan will recognise a potential collector's item and keep them safe. Another release for fans, uh, this one more successful, is from Modifius. The British publisher of skirmish games and RPGs seems to have had a great few years with some really high profile names. Their June Adventures in the Imperium RPG is due out later this year. However, for me, it all started with Actung Cthulhu, and that game is finally getting the 2D20 treatment. The free Acton Cthulhu Quick Start is out now. And sticking with games that are not D&D, the third edition of White Hack is also out right now. It's sold via Lulu, and the early reviews I've seen it are very positive. White Hack has a devoted core of fans who appreciate the traditional fantasy game. I notice that Christian Murham seems to avoid the phrase old school when describing it, you know, instead using words like traditional, and pointing out that you can use White Hack to play almost any fantasy adventure released since 1976. I've also published a review of the Altered Carbon RPG this week. I didn't back it on Kickstarter because I really need to stop spending all my money on that platform, and because Richard K. Morgan, the author, was seemingly supportive of JKR's transphobic comments at the time. Since then, though, hunters have reassured backers that the author isn't really involved, and I believe that the RPG is clearly tied to the Netflix series. It's a great setting, being both sci-fi and not one where players can simply phone in overwhelming support whenever they meet a challenge. It was a really hard review to write, but the headline news is I think it could be one of the best cyberpunk tabletop RPGs published in 2020. That's not without some complications. I like how they flip the system so that you're trying to roll low and therefore trying to use as small a dice as possible. A d4 is much better than a d10. However, I'll admit it, I really struggle to learn and remember the rules. I don't think the liberal use of icons rather than words helped me at all, but I can imagine it might help others. This week, there are at least two bundles worthy of your attention. There is a very generous hero system, 6E, and an accompanying champions deal in the bundle of holding right now. And over on Humble Bundle, there's a good Tales of Love and Adventure deal with point-and-click classics like Batman and Black Sad. I've not succumbed to that one yet, but it's very tempting. Finally, as not to start and finish with computer games, let's conclude with the Lovecraftian Deep Trouble in Old Port Bay. It's a free-to-download micro-RPG from Zadmar Games. It's straightforward and a lot of fun. It gets my recommendation. And on that note, let's wrap there. So please keep safe, stay out of the cold waters of Old Port Bay, and we'll speak next week.